Welcome. Welcome back to the Money Flows podcast. I'm your host, Sam Meltik. And I thought I would do a little segment over uh, just going over options, what it is, how to trade options, the different kinds of option strategies, and just kind of start a little series here, as well as do my market briefings. So, this is just going to be the introduction course. What what are options is really what we're going over in this episode. So, let's get into it. Alright, first, what the hell is the option? What is option trading? A lot of people, they get into stocks, they get into stocks trading, maybe they do some day trades, maybe they got their long-term portfolio, and they hear all this stuff about options, and they have no, they're like, what are options? Well, an option is really Uh, Think of it as a contract. There are two people that are negotiating this option trade, this deal. You have a buyer and you have a seller. So you can either be the buyer of an option or the seller of an option. Now, what is an option? Well, an option is a contract that gives somebody, in this case, the somebody is called the buyer, it gives them the right, but not the obligation, to buy and or sell the underlying stock at a specific price, which we call the strike price, on a certain date. Now with U.S. uh, equity options, you can exercise before the expiration date. So, it is a little different than European options. Now, what the hell does that even mean? You guys are probably following along here and have no idea what I just uh, described. Still. So, think, think of it as a piece of paper. And let's say I sell you a piece of paper that says I will give you a hundred shares of Apple for $140 by the end of this week Friday but you have to pay me something which is called premium, you have to give me money to buy that piece of paper that gives you that right to buy my shares at $140. And let's say the stock was trading, Apple was trading at $100. Now, that would be a pretty bullish bet right there because by you buying that option, you have the belief that Apple will go above or hit $100. by this Friday, so a $40 move. So why would you want to buy an option though? Well, an option is a great way to buy stock 
and sell stock on usually speculation. So if you think a stock has good news around it or an earnings or global news, anything around it that could affect the stock and make it go up or down and you think it's going to go up and down pretty dramatically within your time frame, then you would buy an option. So that would be buying options. Now you can also sell options and selling options is more of a hedge. So let's say you own 100 shares of Apple. You could then hedge those 100 shares by selling a option to somebody else, which means you're giving them the right to buy those 100 shares if those 100 shares end up being below if it's a put or above if it's a call your strike price. Now, some people listening are still probably really confused here. So I'm really going to try to break it down here. An option is really just a bet on a stock's price movement. And usually it is uh, more rewarding than just buying shares of stock. Because an option is a contract between a buyer and seller that gives them the right to buy or put stock onto somebody, it also is in a hundred stock lots. So a contract is a hundred shares or an option is a contract of a hundred shares. And you can't go like 80 shares. It's always a hundred. So let's go even deeper here and try to clarify just on the buying because that's usually the easier to understand in my opinion. So let's say you're buying an option. Okay. There's two options. You have a call and you have a put. A call is basically think of it as calling stock. That's why it's called a call. It's because you're calling stock away from somebody and that somebody happens to be the seller. So you're the buyer and you're, when you buy a call, you want to call that stock away from somebody. So when you buy a call, let's say we're going to use Apple again. Apple's at a hundred dollars and to make it easy. It's a Monday. Apple's at a hundred dollars on Monday. You think because of, let's say, they have a news event, they're coming out with new iPhones or something, you think by Friday, Apple will go up $20, the stock, from 100 to 120 If you believe that it'll go there, what you would do is you would buy an option, a call. A call is when you're bullish, so you would buy an option, an, uh, a call option, at what you think it will go to, but lower than that, because you think, because you want it to end in the money, so you want it to be at least a dollar lower than that. So you could buy a 119, 119 strike price call, 
that expires Friday, and it's Monday, and by doing that, you have to pay a premium up front. So you're saying, I'll give you $50 right now if I can buy this call that gives me the right to take away your shares at $120 or $119. So then by Friday, if Apple ends up being higher than $119, let's say $120, maybe even $125, then you have the right, but not the obligation, you don't have to, but you have the right to then exercise that option and the seller of that option, the guy or girl that that uh, sold you that option, is forced, if you exercise, to give you the 100 shares of Apple at $119, even if it ended the week on Friday at 125 So you can kind of see where you're getting money here. That's a f If you have a 119 call and Apple was ended at 125 you profit that difference, so you profit, in that case it would be $6, which on 100 shares is $600. So you would have netted a $600 profit minus the premium paid, which to buy that contract you had to pay $50, so you would net a $550 gain, plus you would now own 100 shares of Apple at $119. However, if by Friday Apple winds up being lower than $119, let's say it ends up being $110, then that option is worthless because why would you want to buy a sh why would you want to buy stock from somebody 100 shares at $119 when you could just buy it straight from the market at market price of $110? You would be losing nine dollars per share or a nine hundred dollar loss so you would never exercise that that's why it expires worthless and that fifty dollar premium you paid to the guy at the beginning of the week is basically zero dollars and you lose the entire value of the premium but you're able to then go buy your 100 shares at an even lower cost so the risk of an option is always the amount paid for that option when you are on the buy side. Now, the same exact thing is true with the put. Let's use Apple again, but for a put. Now, a put is you're putting stock onto somebody. So, if you're a buyer of a put, then you're bearish, meaning you think the stock will tank or at least go down pretty dramatically. So, let's say Apple's at $100 on Monday and you decide to buy a put because uh, there's some news that you think will send the stock lower than it is currently. If it's at $100, if Apple's trading at $100 and you think by Friday it'll be below 90, you would then buy a put for 89 or even 85, whatever you want to uh, buy that put for. And by buying that put, you would have to pay somebody a little bit of premium, the seller of that put. You, depending on what the strike price is, let's say it's $50 again. 
Now that $50 put, you spent $50 for it. Now you hope the stock goes down. Now, by Friday, let's say it did go down. And let's say Apple ends the week at $95. Let's say it ended at $95 and you bought a put for $89. That was your strike price. Since it's lower, you're then able to make that person that sold you that option buy the 100 shares at the strike price and you would net the difference again. So if you're bearish, you buy a put. If you're bullish, you buy a call. In other words, if you think it's going to go up, you buy a call. If you think the stock's going to go down, you buy a put. But why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just buy stock? Here's the benefit of options. With an option, let's say you wanted to get the same gain you would from an option as a stock. You would have to buy 100 shares of stock. Buying 100 shares of Apple, let's say, at $100 is not cheap. But buying an option contract for 100 shares at a certain strike price is much cheaper. Around, depending on what the strike price is, the closer to the money, the more expensive it is. But it's around, let's say, $100, just to keep it even. So you could either buy a $100 contract that could expire worthless, it has a much higher probability to expire worthless. Or you could buy 100 shares of stock for $100. Obviously there's a big difference in the amount of capital you have to put up. However, your risk is actually still higher on the option. Because there is an expiration date, and with stock you can hold it forever. And if you think in the long run, Apple no matter what is going to be higher in the future, then you're better off owning the stock to mitigate that risk. The cool thing is too, with 100 shares of a stock, you can then become the seller of an option. You can also sell option uh, contracts without 100 shares of underline or cash to secure as collateral on those contracts. However, you need margin to do that and it gets a little bit, a little bit more risky. I would, I would definitely recommend always making sure you're writing covered calls or cash-secured puts, which basically means you have the money to cover the cost of 100 shares if your option was to get exercised. Now, when you become a seller, no longer do you have to deal with stuff the buyer has to deal with, which we can get into in other episodes like Theta Decay and stuff to do with... Uh, option premium you basically uh, you're part of Theta Gang now with selling a contract to somebody you're not on the opposite so let's use the same examples with Apple for when we bought the call somebody you're now the seller so remember when we just talked about you bought a call on Apple and you thought it was going to be at $120 end of the week Friday. And it's currently trading at 100 
somebody sold you that option. That could be you. You could be the seller, and you could be selling somebody the option. You could be on either side of this equation. So when you become the seller of a call, let's go over selling calls. You own 100 shares of stock. You own 100 shares of Apple, and you bought those 100 shares of Apple when Apple was at $80. Now it's at 100 So you're comfortable giving someone the right to take away your shares at $120 by Friday because you make money no matter what because you bought it at 80 So even if you're forced to give someone those shares at 120 you still would net that difference. And let's say by Friday it doesn't go to 120 and it ends below 120 at $100 still. That's where it ends on Friday. Well, then you just collected that premium that the buyer paid for that option. So we said that option cost $50. You would net that $50 immediately. You get that credited to your account right as you sell the option. And then by Friday, you're able to keep your 100 shares and you collected that $50 premium. So selling is very cool, but your gains are capped. By buying an option, theoretically, the stock could go to $300 by Friday. Theoretically, I mean, it could. Highly probable that it won't, but it could. And you could lose on out on a lot of money. But with a on a call, but with a when you're buying, you get all those gains. When you're selling, you make the $50 premium. That's your cap to return. However, when you write a call, also known as selling a call, you're writing a call. You are usually either neutral on the stock, or more than likely, you're slightly bearish. It's kind of confusing that when you buy a call, you're bullish. You think it's going to go up. But when you sell a call, all of a sudden you think it's going to go down. But it makes sense because if one side thinks it's going to go up, the other side has to think it go down or else that exchange would not be made in the option markets. So let's say you sell the call to that person and you collect the $50. Now, if by Friday... Apple is trading above $120, let's say 125 you are then forced to give that person that bought the call all your shares of Apple, your 100 shares, at $120, even though it's trading $5 higher than that. So that's where you lose when you sell. You lose out on $500, which is the $120 that your strike price was and the $125 it's at. You lose out on $500 because it's 100 shares and it's a $5 difference. However, you collect that $5, $50 premium. So let's do 50 minus um, 500. That would be 450. So you really only lose 450 on this trade because the premium that you collected actually covers a little bit of that. And then the person that bought the call ends up making out because he's able to exercise those shares, get them at $5 cheaper than market value, and make that $500 minus the premium in this case. So it makes $450.
and it balances between one side makes 450 the other loses 450. Now with puts it's the exact same but instead of having the 100 shares you want to buy 100 shares so you're actually when you sell it you're usually neutral slightly bullish so a put you could sell somebody a put which means hey I think Apple will not go this low will not hit $90 by Friday and the buyer obviously thinks the opposite oh I think it will hit uh, $90 by Friday in fact it might go even lower so you sell that person the put and you collect a $50 premium let's say in this case but you have to have the cash to then buy those 100 shares off that person a put buyer usually um, should own theoretically 100 shares of that company or doesn't need to own 100 shares of that company but then gets to make you buy those 100 shares at the strike that you sold to put at so if you sold to put at $90 and Apple winds up being $85 you're then forced to buy 100 shares at $90 even though it's trading $5 lower than that so obviously you lose $500 on that transaction as well minus the premium you uh, you collected so you lose 450 it's the same exact thing so that's selling so there's buyers and sellers in the option market now I hope you kinda understand the gist of it rewatch the episode if you need to give me a video message on anchor if you're listening to this on anchor if you're listening to this on Spotify or any other podcast um, message me I think my Twitter's linked if you have any questions I can keep this series going and try to answer questions as I get them in the next episodes here but that's pretty much the gist of what options trading is it's just an exchange of a contract that is either giving you the right to buy 100 shares at expiration or giving you the right to put 100 shares onto somebody else to make them buy 100 shares and the cool thing with um, the United States stock exchange is that the options here are not locked into the expiration date so even if you select Friday at any given moment before Friday as long as the market uh, option markets are open you can exercise the option or get out of them before expiration that's a huge misconception in the option world is if I if Apple ends up if I buy a call that says Apple will hit $120 by Friday and the next day it hits $120 do I have to keep holding this for Friday or can I just sell that option right now and collect my money or exercise it and get my 100 shares and the answer to that is yes you can if Apple goes up 
to $120 the next day when it was currently the previous day at 100 and it goes up $20, which would be a huge move for Apple. Uh, you could either sell that option and give it to somebody else. Basically, it's like almost hot potato. You just, I have the option. Now you can have it and you pass it on to the next person if you're the buyer. Or you can even exercise it and say to the seller, I want to exercise this today. And then that seller uh, gave you the right to do that. So you, he would, he or she would need to give you that 100 shares on Tuesday, the day after Monday. And then you would uh, have made money on that trade. So you're always able to get out of them. And the other thing is, do you have to exercise a call? No. Even if the call ends in the money, as long as it's before the market closes, you're always either able to sell those uh, contracts and give them give them to somebody else. Most option contracts aren't even exercised, and the majority of option contracts uh, end up being worthless. So, if, for example, Apple does go up $20 the next day, and you bought a contract, you obviously would have netted the difference of where you bought the contract let's say the strike was a hundred nineteen and it's at 120 you would have made a hundred dollars on that trade theoretically without the premium that it was ex what the market was expecting it to be and this gets really complicated so I'll talk about this in a later video but you're always able to get out of contracts before they expire and just pass that contract to the next person that's willing to buy it that thinks by Friday it's going to go up even more or it's at least going to end up above $120 in the example that I chose. So options are confusing and I understand all frustration here, but it's after a while you start to really understand them and there's all cool strategies you can do with buying and selling you can buy and sell at the same time and make spreads and there's just so much you can do with options and it's a great way to speculate on a stock's movement and make a better return on a less amount of money but obviously with greater returns comes more risk so there is a lot more risk associated with options other than that there's not really much to go over here this is just a this is just kind of a overview of what an option really is why people use them and what what they do for investors uh, next episode maybe I'll go over go over uh, uh, I don't know we could go over really anything in terms of options there's so much to go over maybe go over theta decay and option premium and option pricing 
let me know if uh, this is a cool series and I'll keep it up. And yeah, thanks for tuning in.